Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are coming live on Friday here as it's the Friday before Monday uh, for Christmas on the 25th. We're going to be looking at all of the games that we've got here. Two videos up for you for the day. We've got best bets in this one. We've also got play up props up for you as we do each and every day uh, of this NBA season. So continue to follow along, like and subscribe to that page. You can also use thelines.com. Head over there and check out the odds finder tool that we have. Make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books that are offering bets this season. Nate, an early Merry Christmas to you on Friday here. Let's get into your first best bet of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy looking at some of these opening line, these look-ahead lines, which have been up for a while here. But, I mean, I imagine once people turn their attention to the slate, like, things are going to get bet up pretty quickly. Right now, I'm looking at Boston minus one and a half at the Lakers. And, and you give me the Celtics in a pick em. At this at this time, I'm I'm going to take it. I would only play it up to like three and a half or four and a half. And at at, at that point, if once people are probably going to bet this and move that up, uh, I would actually take the under, which is two thirty nine is the highest you can find it right now. You can probably get that at two forty or more. Celtics coming off a massive offensive game against the, the Sacramento Kings, but so we know the Lakers can defend, um, and especially down the stretch, I think you might be looking at a live under here. On Christmas, that kind of look, I mean, the last few times the Lakers and Celtics have met, it has really gone down the wire. I mean, there was one meeting, right, where they both were under 100. It was like a 95-93 game in the clutch. The The Lakers' defense is the best in the league in the clutch still. They still have the fourth fewest fourth quarter points per game. And Celtics, in clutch situations on the road, slow it all the way down to 91 possessions, uh, 91 pace here, and the 98 offensive rating. So that would be the main reason I like the under um, also kind of fo- follows that. I like the Celtics because I like Porzingis ability to deal with AD and you, the game log. is a little weird. I mean, cause AD dropped 55 on the wizards when Porzingis was out there and you know, you never know how much effort he was actually giving there. But I mean, this season, the zinger has a one Oh seven defensive rating on the road. Very good. He is plus 56 on the road. So he is not one of the Celtics that that kind of stops their efficiency he actually scores more on the road and plays better defense we saw how he just completely dominated that Kings game when he after sitting out the front end of the back-to-back um you know and that's that's another thing here is that Celtics technically have a rest advantage in this road game they play at the Clippers Saturday afternoon Lakers have to play at OKC on Saturday night so they have to fly back home Celtics will just be there Celtics are nine and one straight up with a rest advantage this year. Twelve and four on normal one day rest. Lakers two and seven as dogs. Um, you know, dis- I think that the Celtics win here despite LeBron's efforts. I mean, he's going to want to win on Christmas, and but I mean, he also has an ankle injury as we as we record today on Friday. So we'll see how things develop here. But I, I like the Celtics on the opening line. I'm with it. Interesting um, that that you went here in, in this game. I mean, we, we have to talk about this game on Christmas. Uh, LeBron overall, I mean, how many times has he played on Christmas now? Geez, like 20 times, like 50, yeah, almost 20 times that he's played on Christmas. 
I agree that he's going to, you know, want, want to win. I agree that he's going to want it. Um, I, you have a better read on when the Celtics decide that they're coming to play, to be honest. Um, I'm not saying that, like, they they really turn it on and off necessarily. There's oftentimes better matchups for them in the regular season than others, the Warriors being one of those bad ones uh, recently. So, yeah, I think um, they this is a pretty good one for them. Just once again, when LeBron decides that it's, like, time to go and not everybody else is on his level, that's the thing that scares me. But if the Celtics... Are say, on level. Yeah, yeah the Lakers have still lost three of their last four Christmas games with LeBron okay. putting up big numbers and it hasn't mattered. And also, yeah, the Celtics, if they lose to the Clippers on Saturday, that's when I think you bet this game for sure. We just saw what they did after a loss at the Warriors where they kind of gave it away and then they just come out and annihilate the Kings. The next Without time. Jason Tatum. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very, the impressivest yes, I said impressivist, <laughs> win on the season uh, for, for that team. That was an unbelievably um, shocking outcome, in, in my opinion. And I do think that's indicative of what's going to happen here. And I, we'll see if the Clippers bring it. It's this weird domino effect. Like, the Clippers need to bring it so the Celtics have a tough game and then we get a better line on Monday. We'll see how it goes. But that's the fun of these sort of future uh, bets that we're making three days in advance. Um, so let me – and also, by the way, as we're recording this, the, the injury report for the NBA on Saturday is just starting to tumble out. Uh, and I wonder how many guys who are playing on Monday won't be playing on Saturday for the, the, the sake of playing on national television like that. But let me go ahead and talk about the Warriors and the Nuggets where I have a lot of stuff that I like because I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on this game. And I think we both agree that four and a half points as we record on Friday is much too small of a spread for the Nuggets. So we'll take them minus four and a half. I, I do get nervous once I get too big of a spread, but once I see under five points for this team, I'm hitting it. Once I get above six and a half, seven and a half, I mean, there's always a backdoor possibility with the threes that could be rained down from one Wardell Curry. But this this is the Nuggets who might run away with this enough to where it doesn't matter what Steph does in the second half is, is kind of how I see this game. The Nuggies are 11-2 uh, and two at home right now, and those two losses came uh, right when they got everyone back, which was really interesting uh, in terms of Jamal Murray and, and Aaron Gordon being healthy. Uh, the, other than that, yeah, unstoppable at home. Like we keep talking about the 121 points a game there versus 111 uh, when they're playing on the road. And then you got Golden State on the road, which has been a slightly higher scoring team this season than, than they are at home. They're also worse defensively. Um, and But they as good as as well as they started uh, to, at, on the road at the beginning of this season, it hasn't gone that way since then, right? They had a really nice start to the season. Everyone was talking about it because they were historically bad on the road last year. Um, but now, you know, they've really come down to earth starting with a loss to the Nuggets on the 8th of November and that was the last time that when they played that game they didn't have Draymond either uh, that was for an injury not an indefinite suspension like he's currently in the midst of uh, but th that helps us right like I think we know a little bit more plus Murray wasn't in that game and I I do expect Murray to play on Monday um, there's no indication why he wouldn't we, he's gotten random bits of rest here and there but this is a big game I, I would imagine they want to play against, well against uh, you know a conference rival like this so uh, with, with Murray in there everything changes as well uh, but I do want to say real quick the the road stuff for the 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 Warriors has been crazy and I do think there's some Draymond uh, not being in relevance to it but yeah they based they've lost us uh, they're one and six on the road straight up and two or four against the spread since uh, including and since they lost to the Nuggets on November 8th. Um, and it's against good teams <laughs> that they're losing to. They lost to the Clippers twice, the Suns twice, OKC, and Sacramento. Uh, and they actually had Sacramento and OKC kind of in the bag before they lost it at the very end, both of those games. So I, I don't trust them at the end of games either, but I don't think that we'll see much of a clutch situation, to be honest. Uh, this is We're starting to see the role players for the Warriors who are getting all these minutes 
not do as well on the road. And, and that's really what it comes down to. There's no secondary superstar on this team. I, I don't know if anyone was still considering Clay Thompson that, but I'm not relying on him to be the thing that helps this, you know, if I'm the Warriors, that helps me get over the hump against the Nuggets. And I don't think they're going to be able to stop them on defense. I, I probably should have just started with that point. Just huh. down low is really where it's going to be just one and, 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 demolished is will the Warriors be because Jokic is going to come in I don't necessarily know his points probably be pretty high I don't know that I would necessarily automatically go for it I think he'll be able to do whatever he wants down there including pass uh from the post as well but they are uh you know going to be scoring down low fifth in in um paint points at home the dubs they are uh, 18th on the season in terms of limiting paint points but that's also dropped slightly without Draymond uh, it's, it's there's just matchup problems all over the floor for them. Aaron Gordon is going to eat down low. Michael Porter Jr. will probably have a bunch of rebounds uh, on both sides of the floor because the defensive rebounding for the, the dubs is awful. The offensive rebounding is what they rely on, and the Nuggets are just going to stifle that. They, they're one of the top defensive rebounding teams in the league. So uh, I, I know I went on a rant with like a lot of stuff. The last stuff I said was the most important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the most important thing is that there's no Draymond Green, and Nikola Jokic is going to just – dictate everything. I mean, it is cool to see that. I mean, Draymond has only appeared in, I think one of the last six meetings in the regular season. So we have plenty of sample size of Jokic playing golden state without Draymond. And we're looking at 35 points or 16 assists or 32, 32 and 13 assists. Like he's just, yeah, he's absolutely dominating. I think the nuggets are probably putting up 120. At, yep. at the very least, which, yeah, you said you, you maybe buried the lead because that might be the, the most competent bet, regardless of where the spread lies, is like Nuggets over 118 or something. So so be, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to call it out while you were talking about your first bet. But now that you're transitioning to your second bet, this is my favorite bet of all of our bets. So go go ahead and get into it. <laughs> what I got here? I mean, that's because yeah. the opening line for Dallas Phoenix is only 226. Right. Uh, basically, I guess they're assuming either Luka or Kyrie are not going to play. Uh, but I would guarantee basically that at least one of them is back, if not both. Kyrie has recently shed the walking boot. He's dealing with a bruised heel, not exactly a turned ankle uh, that you would you know ec- wait extra time. Him and Derek Lively have both shed the walking boot is the, is the latest here. Dallas, yeah, they might sit out one more on Saturday just to be ready for this game. Big game, rivalry game, of course. Um, and the last time these teams got together, like the stars showed out uh, for sure. 130 to 126 Phoenix win. KD and Book both 36 plus points. Kyrie and Luca both 30 plus points. That's despite Luca shooting like shit. Eight for 23 from the floor. And, but he did get 17 of 19 at the line. That's despite this being played at a 96 pace. This season, Dallas is playing at 100 pace on the road. Phoenix 97 at home. Both teams, poor defensive rating. Um, recently, Phoenix, their last 10 at home, a 119 rating. Uh, <clears throat> And, but they're still scoring, even though they haven't. They they're both they're only shooting thirty six percent from three, but they're getting one seventeen. They're getting thirty free throw attempts, and then I mean their three point defense has been a bit of a disaster. In the last six, they've allowed at least fourteen threes, six straight. In their last three, they've allowed forty four percent from three. So that's what always what we talk about with the Mavs, right? Is are their threes falling? There's a lot of variance. Apparently, I mean, they can still put up 130 even when their threes are not really falling against a team like Phoenix uh, that doesn't have a ton of defense down low. I mean, Luka now has 33-plus in three straight meetings with Phoenix. 
the the Mavs have been high scoring on Christmas for what it's worth. You know, last time out, mm-hmm. Luca led them to 124 against the Lakers team that really wants to play slow, really wants to defend, and they were still high scoring. And the Suns let yet yeah, last year on Christmas, I think shorthanded Suns, right? 128, 125 with Denver. Now they have Book and KD playing at a high level, uh, and their offense should be flowing. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we do need Luca to play. Uh, Luca plays, and this, this bet feels just wonderful. I, I, I guess, yeah, th- there's the possibility that that he doesn't play. Uh, it seems just as likely that he will. So, yeah, if if he if he doesn't play, I mean, Phoenix probably scores a buck twenty five, and we need them to score like a hundred and two points, which I still think they're they're capable of. Um, but we'll we'll see how how that one goes with with the injury report, obviously. And this number is somewhat dependent on that, so just keep keep an eye on that stuff. But if Luca uh, doesn't play and Kyrie does, though, they play faster, don't they? They play faster, sure. less defense, more threes. You know, Kyrie yep. just kicking it out. Um, so I, I I'm not that worried about it as long as one of those guys play. For sure. Yep. No, I'm with it. Um, I'm going to end with the the stuff we were kind of you were alluding to, which is Denver's implied team total, which is 117 and a half because this uh, this total is at 230 and a half uh, and, they're, and they're four and a half point favorites. So maybe you'll get 118, but uh, I still like that. Like I like it up to 120 and a half or so. I do think we, we both like them to score 120 points in this game against the dubs. And I, I left some stuff out from the first bet to be able to talk about this one in terms of uh, the offense for Denver, which is just going to have a complete mismatch with, with uh, the Warriors down low, as we know, which is what we talk about. And I will also talk about Jamal Murray as well, but just starting with sort of the, the down low mismatch as, as we continue to talk about it, the points in the paint are going to be a huge problem. Um, there is something to the, the transition buckets as well with uh, the Nuggets, who, because they get so many great defensive rebounds, are going to immediately put the, the um, the dubs in a bad position for getting uh, back in transition, which they're not good at. And the, the, the nuggets at home are a top five transition offense. Um, they don't do it that often, but when they do do it, they're very good at it. Uh, they're uh, in terms of points per possession, they're second in transition at home doing that. So uh, that, that's a huge part of it. And then Murray being back is the other part of it. If you have a scoring point guard against this warriors team, you're in good shape. Um, see all of the guys who play in, in, in isolation uh, that have toasted them like Deer and Fox, like uh, Shy Gilgis, and go on and on and on. Um, that, that's going to continue to be a problem for them. I, I don't know where they're going to get help from. They used to rely on Clay Thompson to be that guy defending those people, and it just it's just not not it anymore. Clay was the primary defender on Jamal Murray the last two times that they played in the regular season, which was not this season, by the way. He he missed that game, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but in the previous two, you know, since he's been back from the season long injury, he's gone over this number twice. Murray went over this number twice because he's just able to get his shot on that handoff play um, that they just run consistently. And if you specifically look up handoff uh, play types on, on, on NBA advanced stats there, you're going to find that the, the dubs are very, very bad at defending that and that the Nuggets do that uh, at, at the second most uh with the second highest frequency in the league. Uh, as we know, Jokic is incredible with just standing in that one spot, a couple of spots, really slightly on, outside the three-point line or just inside of it. And, and that's where our guys are able to run around him, find space. Then you've got the cutter in the corner who comes into the dunker spot, etc. So without getting even to, into any more X's and O's, the, the uh, Nuggets can score in a bevy of ways that the Nuggets or that the Warriors are unable to defend. So I will take them to score at least 120 points in this game. Yeah, I mean, that was basically our look when you're talking about them covering. It's like we we feel even more confident about them just scoring a lot. And, you know, maybe Steph comes comes along for the ride, basically drags the Warriors along for the ride. But, that you know, we without him going off, we, we don't trust Golden State uh, in this spot on the road. Exactly. And we trust Denver to just be a well-oiled machine, uh, especially at home. 
especially Aaron Gordon too. I don't know who's going to, I mean, he might just take uh, Kaminga to the woodshed. He's just got so much weight on him. But let's go ahead and jump right into your first play a prop here on a day of some fun times on Christmas Day, Nate. Yeah, this is the one uh, game we actually kind of have props for because the Bucks are at the Knicks on Saturday in the afternoon and then right. play again on Monday at this very same place in the afternoon. So I see Giannis over 17.5 rebounds assists for even money, and that that's probably the preferred bet here. We'll see if it's a slightly different line after whatever happens on Saturday. But it, the way the Knicks defend, right, under Tibbs, you expect them to just be like, we're going to build a wall. We're not going to let Giannis get all the way to the last line of defense and just like lay up all over us like he does when he plays Indiana or something. So it has resulted in more assists, including 10 dimes last time out when the Bucks were just lighting it up as a team uh, in the in-season tournament there. I mean, if that's a sample size of one and you're concerned about the shooting, I will say, you know, average seven and a half assists his last seven against the Knicks and his last seven against not the Knicks after that, you know, the last seven games since then, 10, 12 potential assists per game. So an adjusted 8.3 assists per game, depending on shooting there. Uh, also, of course, fantastic rebounder, 11.6 rebounds per game in that span on 19 chances. Brooke Lopez, still a guy who will box out, defer, let Giannis come swooping in for those. And I mean, it, with Mitchell Robinson being out, I guess my concern is that the Knicks defense is so bad that I worry Giannis will just score 35 and not, not get these peripheral stats as much. I mean, he can obviously still do both. And his scoring prop of only 31 and a half is, is frankly, is frankly, you can just go over that or take the PRA here, but I think they're just good enough, like just enough resistance with Hartenstein down there to force Giannis to, to, you know, have a couple putbacks, toss out a few assists rather than just meeting no resistance again, like when he plays Indiana <laughs> and in their first six without Mitch, I mean, they're allowing 121 a game. They're allowing the second most assists and the third most offensive rebounds per game. Also allowing the sixth most attempts from three and Milwaukee will try to burn them from three again. And that's where a lot of Giannis's assists can come from. Definitely. Um, they, they definitely can. Uh, we, we both will feel silly if, <laughs> if he does have like 40 points in like the third quarter or something, cause he's just deciding to tirelessly go to the rim. Um, but the rim is where he's going to live and the kind of, that's what this bet is predicated on anyway. Right. I, I mean, the, everything's just so high. I'm assuming as well. It, it, what we'll see in terms of points and rebounds and PRA would probably be around 52 and a half or something crazy. Right. And you have to just decide that you want to bet on Giannis to go bananas in that case, which is highly likely this this next team has definitely dropped considerably unsurprisingly without Mitch Robb in terms of how much it can stop what you want to do down low but either way uh yeah that, that's a good bet I would even look at maybe some uh Brolo rebounds I always love in these games where where Brolo has to play against actual big men and has to actually play more like a big man and then he ends up getting rebounds because his rebounds prop is always sort of like ill-adjusted from this because he doesn't get rebounds in, in normal games but for the few teams that have a legitimate down low big man then he does get down there to make sure he can box out but that is uh one theory for that game i'm gonna look back at the game that i talked about twice in play of props or excuse me in the best bets but i'm gonna bring it over here to play a props with the nuggets and the dubs and talk about jamal murray because i think he's gonna be a huge part of that game um I, we do i'm gonna go over the i, I look i'll take 20 points in a denver money line uh same game parlay right but i do think his points prop is probably around 22 and a half and i think it's playable up to 24 and a half like a 25 point game for him highly likely in this he's uh in this one he's done that twice since he uh came back from injury and played them last season he had, didn't play in the earlier uh, matchup that they had on November 8th of this year yet um, but still 
moving, looking at last year, 29 a game and eight assists as well, including four rebounds when he played this team uh, in 36 minutes per game in those two that he played. And I like the fact that he averaged six free throws a game against them as well because I, I hate taking a points prop on a dude that I need him to sh you know have to shoot 50% from the field to get it with the amount of shots he'll get up. But there should be plenty of shots for him to go around as well. We, we talked about Jokic uh, and the numbers he's put up against the, the Dubs recently, especially without Draymond, who, who hasn't played against the Nuggets very much in the regular season in the last few years. Um, and, and in this situation, like I, I don't think Jokic continues to feel the need to score. He has his, Those assist numbers are consistently at double digits, when he plays this team and the points are there for him as well, but it does seem like uh, another good opportunity for him to keep those assists up. Like he's been doing since Murray and uh, Gordon came back from injury in the last couple of weeks of this season. And you've seen his usage rate drop and his points per game drop, not going over 27 points, but three times in the last 10 games that he's played. So um, I think that that trend continues against a dub team that I don't think will put up much resistance down low or anywhere on the floor. Murray should be scoring from lots of different spots. They, they do give up uh, the fourth most points per game to point guards, but it's really just who's the best the best scoring guard on the other team that either plays in that handoff game with his big man or the pick and roll or the ISO. Uh, and then he, he should be able to get his. Yeah. The only concern is maybe a blowout because we, we think Denver can, can easily score 120 on this team. And we don't know if the Warriors, you know, it depends on how hot Steph gets. Basically they're yeah. just so dependent on him right now, but I mean, Jamal 20 plus in the win is pretty safe. I think he, and sure play it up to 25 with, with a little ladder, a little half unit there. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll take Tyrese Maxey to get 25 and might, might, it might be 25 and a half, but, um, this is what we're predicating it on. I mean, it's just that Bam Adebayo might actually slow down Joel Embiid. Um, he has, he has done it in three regular season meetings, 23 points per game. Well, on 51% shooting only 8.3 free throw attempts, which is down for Jojo held them under 20 points per game in four meetings in the playoffs in 2022. I think Embiid was was injured at that point, but I mean, regardless, like you gotta respect Bam more as a kind of versatile defender than you do Rudy Gobert. And if you're scared to say like, oh, uh, the, like he just played the best defensive center in the league and and dropped 51, and there's no way we can take an Embiid under. Well, I mean, Bam is just a lot quicker, a lot more has those guard skills, can deal with Embiid on the elbow. Uh, versus, you know, just it, this being a test of brute strength where Gobert can maybe stop him at the rim. But I'll let you get into that more. Uh, I'll just talk about Maxi, who is averaging 26 uh, on really good shooting splits in his last three against the Heat yeah, on nearly a 30% usage rate. And it's not a surprise because the Heat are most exploitable in the backcourt, especially with Tyler Hero back now, right? He played 36 minutes his last game. He's handling the bulk of the scoring with Jimmy Butler out, who may may, may not miss make it uh, back on Christmas because it's Jimmy and he probably doesn't care. Uh, Lowry at age 37 is getting absolutely cooked by athletic guards. He couldn't even stay on the floor against Orlando as a 130 defense rating in his last three. Part of the reason Halliburton dropped 44 and 10 against the Heat and and now Miami allows the fifth most points to point guards to shooting guards, excuse me, in their last 15. So that's not even counting the Halliburton stats. But Maxi is just too quick for these guys. Um, and you see his usage weight rate climb way up when they're actually in competitive games lately, like 35% uh, in the close win over many, the loss to Chicago, good defenses. He took nearly 50 field goals in those games, 35% usage at NOLA. And then, yeah, a 28-point game at OKC that was highly contested, but 
20, only 23% usage. So my point is like when you face better defenses uh, all around, you actually can expect more from Maxi because uh, he's got to unlock things that the, the Sixers just don't have playmakers other than those two guys. And it's going to be predicated on how much they can do as, as a duo. Yeah. I, it's funny that, that your, your bet is highly, you know, like you said, predicated and just so relevant to how MB does, which is also just a, a conversation about how the heat play defense. So I'll just talk about it through the lens of my bet, which is pretty correlated probably. Right. Uh, MB to get under, and I, I think I thought it would come out at around forty four and a half. We still haven't seen it, obviously. But you were like, I think maybe forty six and a half. And to be fair to both of us, like he he hasn't done this against the Heat at all. He hasn't even gotten forty against the Heat as of late. But he also has a forty eight and a half points and rebound prop uh, for the game that's on Friday night here against the Raptors, who also have done a pretty good job in their recent history against uh, JoJo at times. But neither of us had the cojones to take an under in our daily video for for JoJo because we'll wait to see. I think the Heat's a better time, and, and we'll see what the prop is at then, um, and obviously a little bit dependent on what he does against the Raptors to see what he does next game. But if it's 46.5, that's great. If it's 44.5, I still like it, Mick, even down to like 42.5 under. That's where it gets really testy, but the 44.5 is a great number, so that if you obviously have a higher number than that, hit under. Um, but look, he's averaging a gajillion of these per game for the last like week and a half. And yes, there are some Detroits in there and some Washingtons in there. So it's just not the same. Um, but his last three versus Bam, uh, 23 points per game. You mentioned only 51% from the field and eight uh, free throws in that, that time frame. Uh, the other aspect to it is that, that um, there's just, like I was try trying to say earlier, the defense and the way that it's played. There, there is that drop defense. What's really surprising to me, though, and what I try to look into more deeply is he doesn't get assist either. You would think that if they collapse on him and Bam is getting help and it's a team effort, that when he gets the ball at the free throw line, that he's not allowed to shoot from there and he's still not able to back guys down. They're collapsing it. They're still rotating well enough to like keep him from getting the uh, the, the threes that he wants because their three-point defense is also incredible. Uh, they've always been good at just funneling things off the three-point line as, as much as they can. So, yeah, I, I just I got to go with it based on on the numbers here. Like this, you you can't just put up fifty points a game. Uh, you're not Will Chamberlain. It doesn't work that way anymore. You're you're not just bigger than everybody. But it, it, like I said, it's just going to come down to the the, def the the team defense more than anything. Like they limit centers um, to the uh, really low points per game, lowest in the league, and then rebounds their top ten, limiting them and the uh, the assists as well, which is something I'm really interested in now because if it's at like five and a half, I definitely like the under for him. Uh, I think he's capable of of getting that. But what you have something about the assists? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, everything you're looking at is not with Nick Nurse as coach. And True. yeah, Embiid's is assist per game with Nurse in his system Fair. have spiked by like two, two and a half a game. Like it's way up. So yeah. I wouldn't just go run into that just because Miami's limited him in the past in that regard. I think maybe he'll be happy to hand out seven assists if he's like, you know what? I have the toughest matchup on the team tonight. I'm a, I'm going up against Bam. Um, you know, let's spray it around and try to draw help and and let other guys get going, hopefully Maxi, so that we yeah. get both bets here. But yeah, I think it'll be, to, to clarify, I don't know if you ever yeah. said points and rebounds. We think yeah, I did. it'll be uh, 40, yeah, it should be 47, 48, as long as he you know comes close to topping this tonight against Toronto. Because, uh, I mean, he's just on such a tear right now that they can't set lines right. lower than, than, than what they are. Right. 
yeah, they, they, they would probably be be very resistant to like getting it too low. But it is interesting because he doesn't he has, his usage rate is like pretty normal, especially for him in terms of when, when he plays this team. Um, and he still is like, yeah, he's not really I guess last year he wasn't passing out of it quite as much. Like if you look at potential assists and things of that nature from him last year, not very high. So it makes sense that he wasn't getting very many assists. But yeah, those potential assists for him these days is like, I guess somebody convinced him and taught him how to how to pass out of a double team because he was bad at that when he got into the league and he's only gotten better Nick Nurse clearly helped with that so I like I said I was a little bit resistant to the assist because I, I was like this is a little bit fishy but five and a half might be a lot it's just it's a different system so the, the points and rebounds still a good bet but that is all the time we have for you in this Christmas episode of NBA Player Props here on the Coast to Coast pod so continue to follow along like and subscribe have an incredible holiday and until we see you next happy betting Let's go. Let's go.